So a few years ago, I remember purchasing a gym membership as a New Year's resolution, which I've come to find out is not uncommon. Um, January is normally the time when memberships at gyms go up. That is why they do the free memberships or the one month free type thing. And I remember that about four or five months in, I went in to cancel my membership. And upon being asked, well, can we ask why you want to leave? I told them I was not seeing the results that I wanted to see. And they had a card system for us to check into the gym. So they were able to look and they said, well, sir, with all due respect, how do you expect to see the results when you haven't been here in a month? And, and you know, I was upset that I didn't get the benefits uh, that I was wanting to see, but I wasn't willing to put in the effort. And, and don't we do the same thing so often with our faith? Where, where we believe that, that membership is good enough. I, I've proclaimed my membership, and so therefore I'm good, I'm covered. And growing up, the, the drive of many people's ministries of youth and children is for us to get you to believe in Jesus and, and you're good. But as we hear in the text that we're about to hear from Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 57, Jesus calls us to so much more. Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 57, he says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, him being Jesus. And Jesus' response was, That foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And to another he said to them, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to my house and to my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so what we hear in this text over and over repeated is Jesus saying not to just believe in me. That I mean, we hear this person that says, I want to follow Jesus. Let me be a part of you. But not understanding what that call truly is. I believe in you, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, no, no. It's not enough to just believe in me, but believe me. Don't just believe that I exist, but follow me. Be my disciple. And, and I think those words are interchangeable so often in Scripture, follower or disciple. But many times we hear this word disciple in our churches, and it's become so overused that it can possibly be under misunderstood or not understood at all. As I said, disciples and followers are kind of interchangeable in Jesus' term or in Jesus' time. And I've often heard of disciples that it is a call to be covered with the dust of their teacher's feet. Now, many would say that this means um, this is an imagery of a group of disciples sitting at the feet of their teacher as he teaches them. Others may say that this means that the disciple is to follow in the footsteps of their master wherever they lead, both figuratively and literally. But whatever translation you choose to prescribe to, 
This is a call that the disciples should always remain within the realm of their master's dust or teaching. They should always be so close to their master that they will hear and receive all that he has to offer. And if we are called to be followers or disciples of Jesus Christ, we are are called to humbly follow in Christ's footsteps, to sit at his feet and listen and to follow him wherever it is that he leads. To stay so close to him that we are covered in his dust and his wisdom and his guidance and following wherever it is that he calls us. Yet at some point in our history um, as a church and as believers, we have decided that membership is enough. That, that believing in and not following is sufficient. It's the root of the Gandhi quote that we often hear that I like where Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. This this is the world in which we live that there is a separation between those following Christ and Christ because we are not following closely enough. We are not living into the example set. Many of us are just trying to be a good example and not following the example. When did we decide, when did we choose to settle for good enough? I I mean, I I think about it in my schooling years when I was going to school and that when every year it seemed I would start with the hope and desire to make all A's. That was my desire. But as the semester went on, I would so often find myself doing the math to say, what do I need to make just to pass? What do I need to make to make the, the grade to go on to succeed? Uh, never mind the fact that if I would have just devoted the time and the effort that I was to doing this math to my studies, that I would have probably had all A's. But I just wanted to be good enough. I just wanted to get the passing grade. And I think this is so often what we live into in our own faith life. We live in a world that many will settle for the label of member, but few seek or choose to be a disciple or a follower. And why is that? I think it's because membership is easy. It costs us nothing to claim to believe and this, this term member is never really clearly defined. So for many, we define and redefine what it means according to what we want it to mean. We, we can almost make it as whatever we want it to be. I, I believe in God, so I'm good. I can do whatever I want to do. And you know what? As a matter of fact, if you don't do what I do, if you don't say what I say, if you don't fall in line with my leanings, then you're the one in the wrong. And this is why we lean on the safety of membership over discipleship. I mean, this is the entire premise of the book of Judges in the scriptures. In ancient times, people believed in God or gods, and the stubborn nation of Israel started this very dangerous spiral that we hear about in the book of Judges, where they would turn away from God, and as we hear multiple times in the scripture, they would do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then God would punish them for their disobedience and their disregard for their calling to be God's representatives in the world. And so they would cry out to the Lord when things got really bad for them. And I, I mean, let's just be honest. This, for many of us, is the spiral, is the circle that we find ourselves in in our own life. We, we 
find ourselves saying, I, were, I believe in God, but I don't want to necessarily be everything that I've got to be to be that representative in the world. So we do what we think is right. And we disregard our calling. And then when things get bad, when things get tough, then we turn back to God and go, all right, God, I screwed up. But as we hear throughout the book of Judges, God would send them a leader. He would answer their call and he'd send them this leader to set them on the right path of obedience to God and to get them out of trouble that they were in. And as they would be getting out of this trouble, then they would find themselves at peace and rest in the land until, of course, the leader died. And then, all of a sudden, because their leader had left, they found themselves beginning the cycle all over again. Not knowing what to do. This happened seven times in over 300 years in the book of Judges. And for many of us, we're going, well, why do they keep falling into the cycle? And for some of us, we are saying, I know exactly why. This nation continually returns to this downward spiral of disobedience and judgment because of where they fix their eyes. Judges 21-25 says that everyone did what they thought was right in his or her own eyes. Now this term eyes in this context meaning our sight or perspective or our own vision or arrogance if you will sometimes. But during the time of Judges the people did what they thought was right not what was right. And I think, how much does this preach to the world in which we find ourselves in? Everyone is doing what they thought was right in their own eyes because their eyes are not fixated on the teacher, but their eyes are focused on themselves because they have settled for membership over being a disciple. The spiral that we fall into is when we seek to to settle for membership, but not to be disciples and keep our eyes fixated focused on the one leading us. We do what we want to do and we lose sight of our leader. But becoming a member is easy. But also as you look in the scripture, you know what Jesus never called someone to become? A member. We're called to fix our eyes on Jesus, to follow him, to live out Hebrews 12 2, where it says fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is who we are called to fixate our, our gaze upon and to follow, to be disciples, to be Jesus followers. But this is scary. This costs something. It it can cost us our comfort as we start to question, but what if I have to follow somewhere that I don't want to go? I've gotten kind of comfortable in my life. What if God says, don't do that anymore? It can cost us our ego. What if God says, what we're doing is wrong and I have a better way? It can cost us our very lives. Giving God reign and rule over our own life and going, God... Not my will, but yours be done. You see, if we seek to be disciples, there is a definitive example that is set throughout the Scriptures, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can't manipulate this example. We, we can't say, this is what it is, and it's exactly what I want it to be. But we must follow this call. 
And this call is to move from belief to action. It's a question of what happens in your faith journey when the rubber really meets the road and you actually have to act on what you claim to believe. Are you willing to live out your belief? Or are you just content knowing but not doing? You see, in the Scriptures we are called to do and not just hear. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You see, this is that calling to not only hear God's teaching, to not only hear the teachings of Jesus Christ, but to heed them, to build our life on the foundation that is the example of Jesus Christ. But he goes on, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on sand. The rain came, the the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is the journey that that we heard in the book of Judges, where we continually build our houses on membership and not discipleship, where we say, I'm fine just being in in the room, but I don't necessarily need to follow what it is that's being taught. I'm fine just, you know, hedging my bets and saying, yeah, I believe, but it's not going to change anything about what I do. You see, Jesus never invites anyone in the scriptures to become a member. But over and over again, he invites us to follow. So will you accept the invitation? As Christ says, come and follow me. Amen and amen.